Hi, this is Elena of elenavalet.com and welcome to what might be the first episode of our brand new podcast. Yes, that's right. I miss the good old podcasting days where we had so much fun talking about all kinds of things, but making it skincare. Remember how the old podcast was called Clearly Aligned? <laughs> well, we're not doing that anymore. It's not called Clearly Aligned anymore. And I thought long and hard about what I would like this podcast to be about, right? Because it's important to me. I wanted to have a common thread, something that I value, something that's important to me, but conveying really, really good information about skin health, obviously. But I'm I'm not just skin health. <laughs> I'm a I'm a well-rounded individual who's interested in the world around me, right? And interested in learning from various different uh, fields, you know, uh, and taking that, what I learned from other areas, into skincare. Because it, if it wasn't for all the other areas, I would not be good at skincare the way I am, right? And so I think it's important to be a well-rounded individual. But uh, what I've also learned through my, you know, skincare coaching and just talking with you guys uh, observing how the internet works, <laughs> uh, even getting a little bit more interested in politics and, you know, the world around us, human history, all this stuff, I realized that we like to distort shit, <laughs> us humans, you know what I mean? Like, it's very easy not to see clearly, right? And so I was thinking about that a lot, like, it's been on my mind for a long time. And so I thought that I would name this podcast Clear-Headed. The Clear-Headed Podcast with Elena Valet. How does that sound? <laughs> Clear-Headed! What do you think? You let me know in the comments, okay? By the way, as you guys are joining me live on Instagram, let me know where you are, because I love hearing where in the world you are from. Okay. Hi, Elena from Peru. Amazing Peru. That's on my list. I will answer your questions, guys, um, a little bit later, uh, but keep them coming and use the little question box thingy here so that it's easier for me to filter through your questions. So the clear-headed podcast. As you know, um, in the past, uh, the previous podcast was called Clearly Aligned. And as you know, in the past, I talked a lot about spirituality and alignment, right? And I just want to kind of summarize, because I've already spoken about this at length in the past, but spirituality and so-called alignment, they only made me more anxious and made me see the world through a distorted lens. I certainly was not clear-headed then. <laughs> Let's just be honest, okay? I found that what spirituality did was give me a sense of I know more than I actually know and I understand more than I actually understand. And ultimately that being this all-knowing person that could just tap into the universe, this universe that happens to revolve around me and, and listen to my every thought, right? That gave me a shit ton of anxiety. I did not want all that kind of power, <laughs> okay? <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> and so what I found from, you know, watching like people's response to even COVID, especially the spiritual community's response to COVID, and just 
regular human problems, I was watching that this perspective was actually distorting reality and making a lot of people kind of put their head in the sand, right? And be like afraid of dealing with actual reality head on. They almost had to distort reality to suit their own narratives in order to be able to deal with it. But in distorting reality, they couldn't actually deal with reality, right? And I find this to be true about a lot of subjects. Um, when we distort what's in front of us, like when we can't deal with what is coming at us head on and we distort it, yeah, we're lying to ourselves. Yeah, we're deluding ourselves. Ultimately, we do get a hard slap in the face from reality, from how things really are. Now, I didn't mean to make this political, but uh, frankly speaking, I think a lot about Ukraine and um, you know, Putin's war on Ukraine. And, and I've been watching almost entertained, not by the violence and all of that, but watching from like a anthropological almost perspective and watching how, you know, Putin, his whole cabinet of clowns and the people who watch their propaganda, like I've been watching them lie to themselves about Ukraine, right? They painted Ukraine as something that it isn't. Like they don't understand Ukraine, Ukrainian people, Ukrainian values. They painted a story that was not real. They distorted reality. And then they came in and had to deal with Ukrainians. And they expected that going into Ukraine, people would be like, oh my God, yes, you're saving us from this horrible government. Uh, okay, <laughs> you know? And instead they got Ukrainians fighting back, fighting back aggressively, fighting back strategically, uh, fighting back really beautifully. I mean, they're, they're kicking ass and it's amazing to watch. And so, yeah, they didn't get what they expected and their view of Ukraine and all this stuff, like their delusion, right? They're still kind of fighting against reality, right? They're still trying to have their distorted view of things be true, but like, it's not working. Just 50,000 dead Russian soldiers for nothing, for a distortion. It makes no sense. But we do this in so many areas of life. This is obviously an extreme example, you know, where people like, for example, they didn't want to believe that COVID was real. And then they'd see people dying left and right. And some people actually who thought COVID wasn't real died of COVID. I mean, so what I'm saying is that eventually our distorted views get undistorted <laughs> or like we have to face reality at some point. And I, like, once I started realizing that, you know, that we distort reality in order to kind of deal with it, but we end up actually making it more difficult for ourselves than dealing with what really is, right? Dealing with a version of what we think or we want it to be, it never works. And ultimately we do get that slap in the face from reality, including with acne. I think Anne Rand, the author, said something along the lines of, you can avoid reality, but you can't avoid the consequences of avoiding reality. You know what I mean? And I noticed that to be true. And so what has helped me personally has been to look at things soberly, <laughs> to try not to fool myself <laughs> as much as possible in every area of life, whether it's nutrition, whether it's skin health, you know, whether it's relationships, 
the less I fool myself, the easier situations are to deal with and the better I handle them with less anxiety, right? With less stress. I don't th take things so personally because I don't think that the universe revolves around me, right? <laughs> and so I just think that there's something to be said for being clear-headed. But again, the name of the podcast, Clear-Headed, also has the word clear in it because I don't know if you noticed, but we're kind of all about clear skin here, right? So I think, once again, I don't think it's possible to get clear skin if you're not clear-headed, right? If you're believing all the myths out there and all the crazy narratives out there about skincare or about skin health or about your particular skin condition, it might be acne, it might be rosacea, it might be dermatitis, what have you doesn't matter. But if you believe things that are not true about skin, you are blocking the solution. It's like the people that believe that food causes acne, right? They go on random ass diets, they restrict random ass foods, they cause themselves so much unnecessary suffering. I was one of these people. I was not clear-headed then. <laughs> and like, it's almost like a distraction or a procrastination of getting what you actually want, a bunch of busy work. And it's like when we're dealing with like an imagined villain, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work and it ends badly. <laughs> so once again, uh, us going on these random ass diets, restricting the foods. For those of you who don't know, if you haven't tried that, don't try it. It's crazy. But for a lot of people, it just meant totally ruining their relationship with their food, which I mean, every human needs to eat to survive. So like what a horrible experience to have with food for no reason. And then a lot of girls I know, they would lose weight, but that was not the goal, right? They would lose like tons of weight because they just were afraid to eat because they were convinced that every food that they ate caused the pimple because none of the foods that they restricted would stop the clogging, right? Especially if on the surface they were also experimenting with various natural skincare, then that <laughs> then you were you know, straight out of luck. And then, a lot of girls I know with not just losing their the weight and again, not wanting to lose this weight, but losing this weight. And a lot of girls I know also uh, lost their periods because they were just that afraid of food. And I just have to really emphasize this. This is wrong. It's factually and biologically wrong. Food does not cause acne. Food does not cause clogging in the pore. I've spoken about this particular issue at length. It just isn't a real thing. But believing that something that isn't real is real will have consequences on your health, on your skin health, on your life. It just will. So I think it makes sense for us to really, really get clear <laughs> on the facts. And um, something that I want to do with this podcast is have people on here with me uh, to talk about nutrition and various things because I have a lot of friends here who are scientists, PhDs, doctors, and they have facts. They have all the facts about these things. They're fighting misinformation in their respective fields just as I'm fighting misinformation in mine, right? And I think that the more we know about more things, the clearer we'll see everything. 
and the easier our lives will be. So that's what I would ultimately like to do. I'll obviously have these solo episodes where I just talk about things and this is just an introductory one so that you guys know what to expect out of this thing. But obviously in the future, I want to talk about more more than just skin, but always bringing it back to skin. You know how I do. I can have any experience in life, whether at the airport, whether with rollerblading, whether with boiling water, and I can make it skincare. <laughs> I can make it about skin health. I could extract a lesson out of that and apply it to skin. I don't know how this happens. Just every neural connection brings us back to clear skin. <laughs> uh, Maria, good to see you. Preach my friend. Oh my god. Maria is somebody who, by the way, who used my content to get clear skin and I got to meet her on our trip to Croatia, which was like just so amazing. Um, the, I mean, the trip was amazing, but meeting Maria was extra special. So thank you, Maria. That was amazing. <laughs> um, Melissa says, I know it's so random, but I wonder how old you are. Your skin is so beautiful. Thank you so much. I am 33 years old. My age is not a secret, but the thing is that you can have awesome skin too, uh, that looks young, maybe younger than, than your age. When you start properly caring for your skin, I am not some special person with special skin okay? There are people who have better genes than me and have better looking skin than me that functions maybe better than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not some like pinnacle of amazing skin, but with what I got, I make it perform really, really well. I support how it functions, I protect it, and so I have these results. But once again, anybody who takes like strategic good care of their skin can have awesome skin, okay? But we have to look clearly <laughs> at skin. <laughs> we can't have unrealistic, weird expectations of this organ. And we have to like check ourselves all the time. And being clear-headed, I think, means like checking yourself and, and being aware of your biases, of your of things that impact your perception. You're seeing me with really good lighting, so that's gonna impact, obviously, my skin. Skin loves good lighting, okay? <laughs> skin glows more with really good lighting, right? If I was sitting here in the dark, my skin would not look like this, okay? So thank you for the skin compliment, obviously. <laughs> Marta says, so true, currently reading Adam Grant's book, The Power of Knowing What You Don't Know, and it is amazing. He has a book called The Power of Knowing What You Don't Know, because I read his, uh, I always get this book title wrong. It's either Think Twice or Think Again. <laughs> is it Think Again or is it Rethink? <laughs> but it's basically about um, checking your premises. This is why I was able to even like get to where I am in terms of my own skin health was because I was able to, to check my premises. I wasn't too sure, you know, like, I figured it out. Clearly I didn't because my results were speaking for themselves, right? I had to get honest with myself. I had to get humble. <laughs> I had to just admit that I didn't know enough, you know, and keep learning more and more and more, but keep checking premises and, and not just take information for granted. Like, oh yes, this person says that food causes acne, therefore food must cause acne. You know, I had to be like, how? How does that even make sense? Okay, let's look at it from a biological perspective. How does that make sense? <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, thank you. I'm gonna check out maybe, I don't know if this book is gonna be very different from the other book. All right, let me see in case I missed anything. So today I wanted to, besides, you know, introducing the new podcast that I'm so excited about, Clear Headed! Woo -hoo -hoo -hoo! 
the reason why also this podcast I wanted to exist is because I have train of thoughts about various skincare subjects and they're quite long. They're not like, you know, minute long story. And sometimes I spam you guys with my thoughts in my stories. And so I want another, you know, outlet for that so that I'm not spamming you in my stories with my long ass thoughts. Okay. Um, but one of the things like recently I, I saw this video and I was astounded by it and I had nowhere to, to like, Blah, 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 you know, I was also on vacation. So I'm like this, I can talk about this in my clear headed podcast. So I saw this video of a cosmetic chemist and skincare skin influencer, let's say. And I keep seeing the same theme with skin influencers. And the theme is a subjective perspective on skin, meaning judging skin in general by their own personal unique experience with skin. This is a big issue that spreads a lot of misinformation, right? It's like back in the day when I thought, oh yeah, I figured out skin. I'm just gonna have everybody uh, eat this way and use the same skincare routine, <laughs> right? Like that was my thinking. I was like, if you just eliminate gluten, dairy, because I used to think like, like this, I genuinely did. Sugar, coffee, like literally anything fun and, and, and any pleasurable food, okay? Eliminate all that because you want clear skin, right? Don't you? <laughs> so eliminate all the fun food <laughs> and use this exact skincare routine that I use because clearly if it works for me, it will work for everybody. And I worked with some clients for free trying to get them clear skin because I was testing this hypothesis. And guess what? They didn't get clear skin. <laughs> and I mean, oh my God, the food thing. I cannot believe that they <laughs> followed that terrible food advice. Okay. But in terms of skincare routine, like they wouldn't even follow the skincare routine. So, uh, you know, anyway, so it didn't obviously work. So I had to go back to the drawing board. I'm like, something is off here. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was judging skin or I was, I was, I was, I thought that I understood skin based on my own experience of skin. And my own experience was full, full of holes in knowledge, right? Gaps in knowledge that I was filling with guesses. So obviously I wasn't getting anywhere until I filled those gaps in knowledge with facts, you know, and context and nuance. And that was really, really important. And so let's get back to the video. The video was, uh, this influencer was saying that Again, some this happens all the time where influencers, they defend their expertise because somebody in their comments will be like, well, your skin isn't clear, so why should I take your skincare advice? So this influencer went, you know, huffy puffy <laughs> in the video and was like, hey, I am, I have this expertise, I have this expertise, you know, just because I have acne, like acne is a chronic lifelong condition that you, you can't cure, you just manage. And that right there made me want to bang my head against the wall <laughs> because it isn't true. At least he said, I think that it was a lifelong, at least condition and not a disease because many people call acne a lifelong chronic disease. <laughs> Which is like, ah, that is so 
so inaccurate and so stupid. But anyway, experts. This is the experts who say this, by the way. This is why if I say, if I use strong language like stupid or idiotic, I'm referring to an expert. A layperson can't know these things, right? That's So a layperson can make guesses. This was a skin health expert in an area of skin health. I just don't want to give too much information away because I don't want to target anybody. But this was a skin health expert in a certain area of skin health, I should say, not a dermatologist, who was regularly experiencing clogging. And the answer was that it was stress. In his case, he was saying it was stress, it was something else, it was something else. Like, there's always a reason. But the reason is never that I may be lacking some know-how in the space of skincare. Because for those of you who are new here, I differentiate. Cosmetic chemists have a role. Dermatologists have a role. Um, estheticians even have a role. They all have different roles. But if you go to the wrong person with the wrong question, you're gonna get the wrong answer, right? It's interesting this because you'd think that these three areas of expertise would overlap, but they actually don't. A cosmetic chemist creates products, they know formulas, they know chemistry right? You would think that they would understand how the formulas impact the skin in different ways and and over time, but not always, because this is very nuanced and it differs from person to person. And so, you know, where do they have the data for that? Because that kind of long-term testing is expensive. So you kind of have to make educated guesses in terms of the formula sometimes. And also you have to consider the marketing department when you're formulating, right? The marketing department will also inform what you're formulating because, you know, if people are crazy for clean beauty, then go cosmetic chemist and create a facial oil or something, you know, or, or reformulate this cleanser to be more clean, you know, or something like that. And so cosmetic chemists, they have their parameters in which they're dealing, right? In terms of how they're impacting skin and how much they need to know and what they're dealing with. It's complicated what they have to do already. And then there's dermatologists, which deal with skin diseases, skin diseases, like serious problems with your skin, right? It's like doctors, for example, just regular family doctors. You usually go see a doctor uh, maybe once a year for like a checkup, like a preventative thing. And then you'll also go see the doctor whenever you run into a serious problem. Like you have a problem with your heart, your head, I don't know, you're down there. <laughs> you go when you have a serious problem or if you want to maybe prevent a, a serious problem, like again, checkups are important, I believe. Prevention is easier than reversal, right? And, but you still have a responsibility of taking care of yourself daily. You're responsible for sleeping enough, you're responsible for eating well, right? So they're there when you need them for serious shit. But they don't have the time, for example, to sit down and talk to you about nutrition or sleep or whatever, right? They're there to solve a serious problem. They have other patients to see. So if you go to a doctor and ask for nutrition advice, you're probably gonna get terrible nutrition advice because that's not their specialty. They're dealing with serious, more serious shit than that. And they didn't get training in nutrition, but we expect a doctor to somehow, because they're an expert in this, to be an expert in something else. And that is our mistake as the patient. 
But the doctor also can say, you know what, that's not my area of expertise. I can send you to like a, a registered dietitian, for example, if that's the area that you're interested in improving or blah, 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 right? So there has to be better communication. <laughs> but it's the same with a dermatologist. A dermatologist is there to deal with serious skin issues. And we have lumped acne into that, into a serious skin issue. And then we go to a dermatologist and we're like, help me. And we sit down and it's like 10 or 15 minutes later, you get a cream or a pill or both. And we expect that that's going to solve the problem, but we're, we're looking at the problem all wrong. <laughs> if we're not seeing the problem clearly, <laughs> then the actions that we take in order to solve the problem, they're going to be useless ultimately, right? But we're going to the wrong person and asking them the wrong question. But we forget also, because there's this, there's a huge psychological component here. When you ask a person a question, most people, they want to answer your question. Most people don't want to say, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe that person over there or that expert over there might have a better um, understanding of this subject. Most people, they want to be able to fill those gaps. This is just, we all want to do this. We want to, we want to help. We want to help. Most people want to help, especially if they're in like a service-based profession. They're likely wanting to help you. And it takes a lot of self-awareness to identify gaps. Where, what don't I know? Where is maybe, where can I learn a bit more? Where sh should I just shut up because I might actually be spreading something that isn't true or sharing something that isn't helpful? That takes a lot of self-awareness, okay? And courage and like... Frankly, that's another skill that not everyone has because that's something that you have to work on. Self-awareness is even a skill. <laughs> ah, so anyway, bringing it back to, right? We talked about cosmetic chemists. We talked about dermatologists who do have a place. There is a time and a place to see a dermatologist. And I'll share with you, if you remind me, a uh, conversation that I had with a dermatologist that is gonna probably change the way you view dermatologists in a good way. And anyway, so finally, we have estheticians, and estheticians do have a place too. They have a, they can do, can they do lasers? Because I know dermatologists can do like all kinds of cool shit, injections, lasers. They can do surgeries, cancer removal, right? They can prescribe all kinds of um, medications, targeting all kinds of things. What do estheticians do? Like they can do your brows, they can, they can do waxing, hair removal, they can do, some of them I think do things like injections and stuff like that. Basically estheticians help with the appearance of your skin, but they can do more serious things than you can do at home sometimes. But a lot of times the stuff that they do in terms of a facial is basically what you can also do at home with some picking and squeezing and steaming, right? We think of estheticians a little bit as magical. You know, we think that if we go here, they're going to create absolutely amazing results if I go here like once a week or once a month or whatever. But once again, we forget that what we do every day to our skin matters, right? Our daily skincare habits amount to something in the end, <laughs> right? And if our daily skincare habits are based on fads and trends and bullshit, then obviously we're going to destroy this organ eventually. And we can't expect that we'll go to an esthetician once a month or whatever, and they'll solve our problem with maybe, it might be lasers or they have all kinds of machines that are not coming to mind right now. Um, and if you're interested, I have a post on facials and I'm gonna write an article that is maybe goes a little deeper on this subject. But in, in any case, 
there is a time and a place, right? But you kind of want to have awesome results daily. You want to take care of your skin daily well so that when you do see the esthetician, you can maximize results instead of try to have the esthetician deal with your skin condition once a month. That makes no sense. It makes no sense, right? So once again, if you go to the wrong person with the wrong question, you're going to get the wrong answer. <laughs> and so the gap here is... The cosmetic chemists, they're creating products and they're dealing with the marketing department and they might not be seeing the long-term results of your skincare choices, right? You buying the products that they formulate and using them long-term. The dermatologists too, if they see you for 10 or 15 minutes, what do they find out about what you're doing to your skin? They assume that you somehow know how to take care of your skin. They assume that, right? They don't assume that you're out there destroying your skin. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's assuming that about people. <laughs> it's like, you're just innocent. The acne is happening to you. It's not your fault at all. Like, let's just give you this or that and let's, let's see what happens, right? And then the esthetician too. Like, they assume that you know some stuff probably and that you're doing a pretty good job and this is also just happening to you. And so they're trying to help you as well, right? Now, what just happened here? A bunch of assumptions, right? <laughs> um, now, from my experience, because my experience is different, you see, I get to actually talk to people for a long time, right? I don't draw conclusions about people just like that. And what I've seen over the years from people who have acne, folliculitis, dermatitis, seborrheic dermatitis, because there's different kinds, uh, contact dermatitis. There's just many different things that can happen with the skin. What I've seen is you're not innocent. <laughs> what I've seen is you've been going to the doctor while smoking, not exercising, eating garbage, um, what else? What else? Not sleeping, stressing yourself out, right? Like that equivalent and asking the doctor, give me a pill to fix my horrible lifestyle day in and day out. That's the equivalent that we've been hoping for when we go buy a cream, buy a pill, get a treatment. We're not actually thinking about daily habits. What am I doing every day? And then we go in and we, we're treating this person, this esthetician or this dermatologist or this even a cosmetic chemist, and we treat them like gods, skin gods, who will give us that one thing that will just transform our skin. And we have been looking at all of this just in a distorted foundation of bullshit, okay? <laughs> that's, that's how we've been viewing the problem, right? So obviously when we're coming at it like this, we're not targeting the thing that we have the most control over and we're not changing that. So we keep changing things that don't matter and doing things that ultimately don't get us the results. Because even like with an esthetician, once in a while you go to an esthetician, you might see some, some improvements, but then after, like you're not gonna go to an esthetician indefinitely because it gets very expensive. So you'll go for four treatments, six treatments of whatever they're doing, you know? And that's it. And then what happens? Then your skin reverts back to normal. And what happens when you take the Accutane, right? You might actually see some improvement for some time, or you might not, and you might go on a second round, a third round, a fourth round. Uh, a, der a famous dermatologist goes on like nine rounds. Maybe she's permanently on Accutane at this point. I don't know. But what happens then? 
nothing because you keep doing the, the thing that doesn't help you, right? <sighs> anyway, and so this uh, other person, this, this um, person who is a skin health expert of sorts, right? There's many different kinds of of uh, areas of expertise within this, the topic of skin health, right? This person refuses to look honestly at their skin care skills, at their skin care know-how. Because the natural thing for most skin health experts, whether it's a dermatologist, a cosmetic chemist, an esthetician, doesn't matter. Even a skin influencer at this point thinks they're an ex a skincare expert, right? But the common thing to do is to assume, I know skincare. I know skincare, okay? I know it. These pimples are the result of something else. <laughs> because I know, I know skincare. <laughs> so <laughs> the punchline here is clear-headed, <laughs> right? Like if you're not clear-headed, you're gonna be chasing your tail. Oh my God, and getting nowhere, right? As soon as your perspective is a bit distorted, you're a bit too biased, maybe you care too much about seeming like an expert in, in this field or whatever, right? You're not checking yourself, you're not checking your premises, you get a little too cocky, <laughs> and then you have, to, you have to explain the skin condition. You have to explain it in some way. Like, why is this happening? It's a chronic, it's chronic, it's stress related, it's chronic. It's, uh, you know, I'm just gonna have to manage it forever. And you know, this is just normal for me to deal with consistent breakouts. So ultimately a lot of people, not just experts, but regular people, they come to the incorrect conclusion that acne is normal. That's, that's the next part of, of, of this tangent, right? Like if you just refuse to admit you have anything to do with it, or just even refuse to consider that maybe you're contributing somehow to the situation, right? So if you continue to refuse to look at the situation honestly, then you'll have to reconcile why you have the skin condition. And that might just be a made up story, like how you reconcile it, right? For a lot of people, it's it's just normal. It's just how it is. And yet, if you go out in the real world, you'll see that most people have clear skin. This is just the fact of the real world, okay? Like there is no mall, even if you go to a mall, there is no mall where 50% of the people have acne, 50. I'm not saying 80, because they say it's normal, everyone has acne. No, 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 where, where, what mall, what mall? Even next to a school, you will not find a mall where 50% of the people, let alone 25, like you're not gonna find these numbers. Excuse me, the only places you can find that acne is normal or common is in skinfluencer <laughs> circles or, you know, acne community circles. I joke about the skinfluencer thing because, uh, I mean, I've been thinking about it. I talked about it yesterday. And I don't know if you want me to talk about it again. But skinfluencers, even people who aren't cosmetic chemists, they aren't dermatologists, they aren't estheticians, even skinfluencers, they think that they have some innate understanding of skincare. And this is a big, big thing for you as just, maybe you're none of these things, right? But you, you gotta realize that skills are not intuitive and they are not innate. We are not born good communicators. We are not born good lovers. <laughs> 
I know. I know you want to think that you were born a good lover. I remember my first kiss. It was terrible. And the second one, terrible. I was terrible at kissing once upon a time. Yes, I will admit it publicly. Horrible. <laughs> but I was determined to get good at it. Practice makes progress, right? So you're just, you're not going to be born understanding a complex organ. You're not going to be born understanding these things. I mean, even nutrition, I think a lot of people think that nutrition is intuitive and it's not. This is why a lot of us don't even know that we breathe out fat. When we're losing weight, we're breathing out fat. <laughs> that was actually new information for me. Like I learned it, what, a couple of months ago? But it didn't even occur to me to think about how, how am I losing weight if I'm losing weight? And then you, the guy in the video was like, yeah, you think you're shitting it out or whatever. No, you're breathing it out. And I was like, I had to Google it to make sure that, that was the case because I'm like, this sounds crazy, <laughs> right? But a lot of what's true is actually not intuitive, you know? And so upon learning that, I was like, okay, then I must know nothing about anything, <laughs> which, you know, that's a good place to be. It's a really good place to be because then you're open, right? You're open to being wrong. You're open to learning from your mistakes and from other people's mistakes. You're open to, to being able to change your mind as you accumulate more information and various things. And you're just also open to not being so sure and not jumping to conclusions and then like firmly holding on to them. Food causes acne, that's it. <laughs> ah, you know what I mean? So... Uh, I don't know how we got here, but now I would like to answer your questions. And then we have to wrap up. How to remove dark circles. Generally speaking, um, it's a hereditary thing, meaning you're born with, with, for the most part, how I'd like to actually say it is your facial structure and how shadows are formed determines sometimes more shadow under your eye. And so like me, when I'm well lit, it doesn't look like I have eye circles, you know, or under eye, eye bags or whatever. But then when I'm like this, you can see the shadows under my eyes. This is just my facial structure. I've had this since I was a baby. And it's, the funny thing is after 30, you begin to become a little more observant of yourself. And you're like, is anything changing due to gravity? And like, I almost convinced myself that things were changing under my eyes because I'm, you know, of a certain age. <gasps> But then I looked at my baby pictures and I literally had the same shit happening under my eyes as I do today. So I'm like, okay, it's probably premature to jump to these kinds of conclusions about my under eye area. And then some people have, you know, it could be due to so many things, but in general, the best thing to do is concealer. Otherwise, there are fillers that brighten the under eye area, but this is a very dangerous procedure, so it's not something I, I recommend to anybody. You know what I mean? The other thing is, the other thing to become aware of is that a lot of filters and images that you see like online that are well lit or maybe edited, you know, with the use, once again, Photoshop, all these things, a lot of times the under eye area is improved upon right? Especially with older celebrities. The under eye area does show age after like, I don't know, I would say for some people like after age 40, for some people after age 50, depends on how you've cared for your skin, depends on did you wear sunscreen, depends on are you a smoker, depends on your genes and your actual facial structure. So it depends, 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 depends right? Also, you start to lose volume loss in your cheeks. So that kind of drops a bit. And so the under, under eye area starts to kind of look different with age. 
So the point is that a lot of the images that you see of other human beings, especially human beings after like a certain age, like 40, 50, that under eye area has definitely been retouched. Okay, so a lot of what you see is not an accurate depiction of an under eye area. And so if you're thinking like, oh my God, I have under eye bags. Meanwhile, this person who's 45 <laughs> does not, you have to once again, undistort that shit and see yourself clearly and, and see the situation clearly that that's just not real. Real human beings have under eye recesses. Even babies do, right? It's important to kind of like, who are you comparing yourself to? And like, is this a real problem? Or is this just something that seems like a problem because you're focusing on it? Or does it seem like a problem because you're comparing yourself to some unrealistic image of somebody else? So these are kind of important questions to ask yourself, I think. Okay, let me see. There's questions in the question box. Do you have a favorite perfume currently looking for a new one? I think I still really like... If I had to choose, this is just, this is full of nostalgia for me and I don't actually wear it anymore. I, I don't wear perfume, but my favorite one probably has to be Lacoste Pour Femme. Or, okay, Pour Femme, if I had to, you know, try with the accent. <laughs> so Lacoste Pour Femme. It was my favorite scent growing up. It's possible that if they did like relaunch it because I think it was discontinued. They brought it back, discontinued, brought it back like a multi multitude of times. So I'm not sure if the new formula or, or scent is a bit different than the original, but it was my absolute favorite. Um, I think Givenchy has some cool like vanilla scents, but otherwise for me, a lot of scents after they dry down, they tend to smell like an old lady. Like for me, the dry down has to smell just as good as like as when you first spray it. Different, yes, because you know of how scent works. Different, sure, but not bad. I don't want it to stink, you know what I mean, at the end? So for that reason, I don't usually wear perfume. Also, for those of you who have sensitive skin, some of you might have such sensitive skin that when you continuously spray perfume, say, on your neck, you might have issues, some maybe irritation or something, but you might think it's something else. So keep in mind that uh, perfume isn't gonna work for everybody the same way, meaning some of you can have irritation from it and some of you have zero problems whatsoever, right? So keep that in mind. Is mild rosacea really an incurable condition? No, I deal with people with mild rosacea all the time. It is not an incurable condition, but you have to keep in mind, this is a great question, by the way. Thank you for your questions. Uh, keep in mind that the people who call something incurable often are the people who haven't figured it out, okay? And so because they haven't figured it out, it's like, well, therefore, there's no solution. And they just haven't looked hard enough, okay? <laughs> uh, so yeah, great question, love that. Uh, I use azelaic acid cream 5% two times in a week, and I'm wondering if I have to use exfoliant yet? Ooh, so in terms of skincare questions, whenever you guys ask me that, I'm always like treading lightly. I don't know anything about your skin. I would only be guessing. 5% um, azelaic acid is like extremely, extremely gentle. So I don't know what exact benefits you're getting out of that formula. But again, I don't know what else is in this formula. But it, azelaic acid is not really an exfoliant in the traditional sense of exfoliants either. 
again, I don't know where your skin is at or what your goals are, you know, so I don't know if you need a chemical exfoliant or not. I can't, I can't make that call without knowing more. Mm, is skin purging a real thing? Ooh, I really like this question. The thing is, originally speaking, how do I get, okay, I got rid of the question thing. Originally speaking, the term purging from what I know and from what I've learned, initially it came out in like retinoid studies, possibly specifically with tretinoin, right? Um, where they noticed that people who started using the tretinoin would kind of have a worsening, say, of acne in the beginning, and then their skin would get better, and they called it purging. This really annoys me because it gives you this association, right? Like if we're playing word games and I say purging, <laughs> you would almost think shitting, right? Like or, or throwing up, like totally negative association, of, but basically of clearing something out as though that's what's supposed to happen. The stuff inside a pore doesn't actually have to come out to the surface. Like the body can take care of it and it just disappears. Like the body takes care of it, right? It heals. Um, the skin heals it the, itself, essentially, right? So this purging idea, it makes people think that they have to get things out of their pores, which then creates other problems because then people think that picking, right, will help a pimple. It just, it's like a, loads of horrible things came out of the term purging, I feel like. You know, like it's almost a foundation for a lot of other terrible skin habits and practices, you know what I mean? So I would prefer to call it an adjustment, if anything. And like when you're using new and, and, and maybe very, you know, strong actives that your skin is not used to, and maybe you're using them improperly, which I am almost 100% sure that in the case of the tretinoin experiments, people were probably way overdoing the tretinoin and back then it's likely that people didn't know about moisturizing properly sunscreen and things that could mediate overusing the tretinoin and so it was likely irritation caused by incorrect user error essentially so i think that purging doesn't have to be a thing if we are strategic with our skincare routine because personally when i use like new actives my skin only gets better. Like I don't have purging. Purging for me only happens, purging, that's a stupid word. An adjustment or irritation for me only happens when I'm maybe a little overzealous with something since I don't tend to clog my skin anymore. <laughs> so it's not clogging that's happening, but it's, it's inflammation caused by me misusing a product and my skin's going, what the fuck are you doing? Like this is not working, right? So I would look at it more like that than you expelling things and you're, because of cellular turnover, things are being brought to the surface. That feels like a very um, incorrect, like, how do I say this? Skin is a little more complicated than you just bringing things up to the surface, okay? I'm not going to get into it because it is complex and I just don't want to go on a 15-minute explanation about this. But I hope that made sense.
Grace says, still using the Bioderma cleanser over a year after finding your content. It's amazing, cleanses well, affordable, and can get hold of it easily. Love it. Yes, that's the thing. When you use things, like skincare is something that you don't need to change, like you change your underwear or like you maybe feel inclined to change your makeup, right? I can't relate to that because m my makeup has been largely the same for like a decade or more. Uh, a lot of the main things that I use on my face in terms of makeup have been the same. With uh, the occasional new bit of makeup, the one thing I'm guilty of is buying uh, lipstick in the same color over and over and over again from different brands, the same-ish color. That's my thing that I buy too much of, right? But in general, even makeup, like once you find the colors that suit you, right? And the formulas that you love, because color is really important with makeup. That's like the formula and the color, I feel like they go hand in hand. You have to find a formula that you love and the colors that suit you. And then like you almost don't need anything else. And yes, new formulas come out every day and they promise that they're new. But if you kind of really look at them, they're very rarely new, <laughs> right? So I'm really annoying like that. I just like to stick to stuff that I love. Uh, and Grace says she genuinely has much fewer products on her shelves and spends way less on skincare now. Oh, I love that. Mm, let me see. Tazneem asks, could you talk about pure glycerin? I would not use or recommend pure glycerin, just like 100% glycerin. I'm pretty sure you can buy it in like a pharmacy, at least in North America. I'm pretty sure that was a thing that you can buy 100% pure glycerin, but it's totally unnecessary. Most of your products, they contain some percentage of glycerin. Sometimes it's a very low percentage, sometimes it's a higher percentage, but you never need 100% glycerin. A, it's very sticky. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. So many good formulas exist with the ingredient glycerin. That's an amazing humectant, right? You'll find it in uh, humectant serums. You'll find it in um, moisturizers. Great ingredient. But do you need 100% of it? No. You really don't need 100% of any ingredient. Like you're not, I mean, okay, when you use water, I guess that's 100% water for the first step of the three-step moisture method great. But in terms of products, I can't think of a 100% something. I guess Vaseline is Vaseline. That's 100% petroleum jelly, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that's, that's okay. That's, that's an okay thing, <laughs> but I'm just thinking something else. But cosmetically though, it is a very heavy feeling thing and a sticky feeling thing. It's a fantastic thing for like your hands in the winter. Um, I prefer to do it after like an initial three steps of moisture and then maybe sealing it in with a little bit of Vaseline, but literally like a little, little drop. And that does wonderful things, right? But is it necessary on your skin every day? Some people swear by it. Uh, I have zero clients that do this. <laughs> so so you you can you can think about if it's a good idea for you or not. Uh, let me see. Lexi says, do you still like or recommend the Derma Blend Foundation, the Vichy Derma Blend Foundation? And yes, I still think it's a great product. But again, makeup is a very, I guess, personal preference kind of driven thing because you have to have, once again, a formula that you like and the color that suits you. And these foundations, um, I wouldn't say that they have a very wide range of colors. Like Jane Iredale, it has different undertones and all this stuff. So I feel like that has a better selection of colors. So that could, you know, suit more people. 
obviously, right? But the V-sheet has a more limited color palette. So I'm not sure, you know, not everyone's gonna find their shade. Not everyone's gonna love it, but yeah. Thoughts on propolis and products? I've recommended zero products with propolis in it. Um, and I don't actually know, I would have to look up what actual benefits supposedly propolis might have. But um, you see this, the results that I get for people, the before and afters, none of them use propolis in any of their products. So is propolis necessary? <laughs> I would say it's not, right? <laughs> it's never been like, oh my God, I must, what? I need to find a propolis-based product. It's like never been a thought that crossed my mind. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that the natural skincare circles, you know, and the people who are like afraid of chemicals and shit, I'm pretty sure that that crowd uh, probably raves about the benefits of propolis and probably for acne. Like, I'm sure I've heard that. I'm sure I've heard that somewhere. So yeah, not a fan. And let's see here. Hello, you have helped me a lot. Uh, too many guys too. Thank you for that. My pleasure, Dani. I don't know why, but I think I'm allergic to the glycols. Is it relevant? I don't know if it's, I wouldn't know if you are allergic to glycols, um, but you could probably go and get this test like checked out. I would go see a doctor, maybe do an allergy panel. I don't know if they could test for glycols, but don't, don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Yay, there's power in saying, I don't know. <laughs> That's, thank you for asking a question where I can say, you know what, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Alexia says, what do you think is the best hair removal method for face and body? Mm, I guess it depends because, you know, it depends on if you have light hair, if you have dark hair. Um, it depends on how sensitive your skin is. So me, I'm not a fan of facial hair removal for women. I don't know where that trend came from. Like, obviously, I guess some people, maybe they, they have very uh, obvious uh, hair above their, like peach fuzz over their mouth. So maybe that makes them feel a little self-conscious and uncomfortable, but like peach fuzz is normal in humans. It's just normal in humans, but especially like, I mean, including women, <laughs> right? So, but again, uh, as somebody who has blonde hair on her face, right, that is only like obvious from, I guess, certain lighting. And if you look closely enough or blah, blah, blah. So I don't, I can't understand probably what a person who has darker hair, what that might feel for them. But in general, it is something that while you're doing it, like if, if it's lasers, if it's waxing, if it's shaving, you are creating a potential for irritation. Recently, in recent months, I became obsessed with plucking my hair on my legs, okay? This is, I'm sometimes just sitting watching a show, listening, because I can't watch and pluck at the same time. It's just somehow calming and weird. I know it's weird. I don't recommend it. This is, this is a don't do this kind of story. Don't, don't think that I'm like, yes, pluck your hair <laughs> on your legs. The point of the story is that very quickly, I started getting ingrown hairs on my legs because of the plucking, like it was not a good idea. Because you're fucking with your hair follicles. Depending on how you remove the hair, you might get ingrown hairs, you might get little inflamed bumps and things, and you might start getting texture and discoloration and all kinds of stuff happens from hair removal. So I'm not sure what the best method really is 
besides I think shaving with like a good foam but also a good razor that is a fresh razor you know what I mean like if you are shaving with a dull razor if you don't have the right product to help the razor glide you're just asking for trouble you can get folliculitis and other issues so there you go is it good for skin to use active ingredients like vitamin C, retinol, niacinamide, etc.? So basically all the active ingredients. <laughs> it depends on your skin, right? And it depends on like your skin condition. It depends on what your skin thrives best on. And it depends on your goals. So these actives are good in isolation. Like, you know, they, they have benefits for the skin. But sometimes you don't benefit from particular actives because your skin hates them or hates them in particular formulas or particular combinations or particular strengths or in the way that you're using them. A lot can go wrong. <laughs> this question is too general for me to be able to answer it in a way that is useful. You know what I mean? Um, like not everyone benefits from vitamin C. Yes, there's all these studies to say that vitamin C is a useful ingredient, but then like personally, I don't use vitamin C, for example. I feel like I should say that because people think that it has some magical benefits for everybody. And me, I just, every formula that I tried with vitamin C, I just didn't like it enough. It didn't give me the same results as my other products do and the combination of products that I use to support my skin, right? So I'm just like, it's just another thing. I don't feel like I need to have every single active in my skincare routine, right? And so I think it's it's better to be strategic and kind of choose. Again, some skin really doesn't like more than like one or two actives, right? So you really need to be strategic because you don't want to ruin your skin just to like use all the products. Does this make sense? Grace says, oh my God, same plucking my knee hairs is so satisfying. Yes, the ingrown hairs, oh my God, yeah. So basically my ingrown hairs on my leg got so gross, especially after self-tanning. Self-tanning tends to make the spots where I plucked even darker. So like, you know, the self-tanner, it kind of caramelizes the skin, almost literally. But then the spots where I plucked, they would be like black, okay? And like bigger than where I plucked. It was just terrible. <laughs> so like, I still wore, you know, skirts and things in Croatia, but I was hoping that nobody would get a close look at my legs. And after seeing what the self-tanner um, accentuated as a result of the plucking, I was like, I'm stopping this. Okay, it's possible that today I plucked like a few, like, like just a few, <laughs> not as much as before. Oh, I hope this is not my next weird obsession. <laughs> oh my God. Any amazing books that you recommend as of recently? I don't know if you've read Sapiens. I just finished this on vacation. I recommended it to you guys even before I finished it because it started out really strong and it finished really strong and there were a lot of aha moments and a lot of things to think about. But I think that even understanding ourselves, this species that we are, is so important to give us some better context. Because also like how we, like we look at the state of affairs in the world right now, but we look at it through just these eyes from where, like from the vantage point of where we're sitting. But if you look back and see where you came from, you might actually start to look at where we are with 
a fresher perspective and a little bit more nuance and once again more context so really recommend sapiens give it a go i'm also reading oh another amazing book is called the weirdest people in the world i think the weirdest people in the world and it's also about how the western world got really preposterous like i forgot the the subheading you know of the book of the title but it's really good and i think i may have mentioned it in that post i did on my blog the article i i posted i mean about my updated book recommendations i think that was one that was that i mentioned as being on my bookshelf like you know in line to be read so good but it's like the bible in terms of thickness <laughs> this was quite a quite a hefty book but that one's even bigger <laughs> worth it worth it knowledge is power <laughs> great question thank you lexi okay guys thank you for hanging out with me this is definitely been a longer podcast episode than i hoped for in the future i will have to definitely set a timer for these things but thank you so much for hanging out with me and if you have any uh skin care questions please consider using my content because my content is geared to help you literally answer all your skincare questions and to look at skin health in a clear-headed way okay i want everyone to know that you can have healthy clear skin that functions well where you feel confident you know waking up in the morning you're not like you know, checking for your forehead or your cheeks or whatever for something new popping up. That could be your 99% reality. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously you will get a clocked pore, you will get a pimple occasionally. This is so normal and we have to make sure that we can differentiate between an occasional pimple and a full-blown skin condition too. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> Please use my content. I'm always thinking about how can I make skin health easier? How can I make, you know, people understand that skin, like healthy skin is possible? Like how can I help people with my content achieve better skin results you know better healthier uh, clearer skin how can i do that i'm constantly thinking about how to improve uh, my messaging and my content and everything that i put out so that you can get the results that you want so that you're not struggling endlessly okay and then if you any of you need further help like actual help then you can consider working with me or getting the skin queen course it's the best thing ever you will literally learn how to get clear skin it's just people do it every day. Okay, so have yourself a beautiful day. Thank you for hanging out with me on, I guess, the very first episode of the Clear Headed Podcast. I swear they're going to get better and better with time. Stay tuned for future episodes and let me know if there's any particular topics you would like me to talk about here. And make sure to subscribe to this channel and click the little notification bell so that you are updated anytime I upload a new video or new episode. See you around.